0: Hey guys, this is your host, Franziska, and welcome back to the Hikers Anonymous podcast. On this podcast, I help share people's inspirational stories about how hiking, backpacking, and the outdoors changed their lives. If you have an inspirational story about how the outdoors positively impacted your life, please send a short synopsis to hikeoregon at hikeoregon.net and put in the subject line podcast guest. Today I'm talking with Rod who after a sudden life-changing divorce decided to through hike the Pacific Crest Trail to help heal himself in 2019. Well today I am here with Rod. I'm super excited to have you on and hear a little bit about your outdoor journey. Um, I want to start with your history with the outdoors. Did you grow up enjoying the outdoors as a child?
1: Yeah very much so. I've uh, lived in the Bend Lapine area almost all my life. Being surrounded by trees, being in the forest, hunting, fishing has always been a thing for me.
0: Yeah, it's hard not to growing up in central Oregon. <laughs> um, is there something that uh, kind of took you away from the outdoors or have you always been like throughout your whole life um, been sort of connected to the outdoors?
1: I've had times in my life where I've been a little bit of a homebody, you know, uh, playing video games. And at times, maybe I'd rather visit the city. But uh, I've never been away from the this the trees in this area for very long. So I'm very comfortable, very Central Oregon oriented. Yeah, and uh, after high school, I, I was a tree trimmer for a while. So I uh, was working outdoors. Definitely, uh, like... Um, some areas, like in the Cascade Lakes Highway, I was doing a lot of treat trimming out there. So I got my fill of the outdoors.
0: Very cool. Very cool. What kind of job do you work in now?
1: Uh, I'm a medical courier. I've been with FedEx for quite a while.
0: So in your email, you mentioned uh, you through-hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, which I know is a big undertaking. <laughs> and, and you... Um, you said you went through a divorce and then hiked the PCT kind of to get to help you get through that. So tell tell us a little bit about how that all happened and how the trail helped you heal.
1: Me and my ex, we hiked quite a bit together. A lot of the hiking we did was day hikes. You know, we didn't really have a lot of time to, to do overnights. And I was kind of burned out with my work at FedEx. Uh, your availability for work there is important. You, you got to be available for work. I had I had heard of the PCT while working at FedEx. Uh, one of my delivery spots was on Cascade Lakes Highway, and um, one of the spots was Elf Lake, and they have uh, resupply, that's a big resupply spot.
0: Yeah, so you would see all the thru-hiker packages.
1: Yeah, I that was became a part of my job. Of course, I didn't know what that meant. This was, you know, I hiked through I hiked the PCT four years ago. This is probably about nine years before then. I have my boss explain you know, what what's a PCT hiker? What is that? He explained it. Uh, yeah, a wilderness trail from Mexico all the way through California, Oregon, Washington to the Canadian border, and that that blew my mind. I. I had a million other questions. I know i once I get home, I need to look that up and figure what that is and i yeah, I did some research and videos and reading um, The wild book had come out at that about that time. The seed was planted, although I didn't really know at the time how I would be able to do such a thing because you know I was in a situation I'm married, we got house payment, you know. Things to that would make that a little difficult but you know uh, I in 2018 uh, to my surprise my uh, marriage ended I was very surprised it was unfortunate by midsummer I I was divorced uh, we had to uh, sell the home I um, decided I'd uh, move uh, back home to Lapine from Bend I uh, live uh, moved in with my uh, parents, who uh, needed a lot of help anyway. They're getting elderly and need someone to help them with firewood and shoveling snow and all that. I was uh, able to, I need to get myself in a newer car, pay off some credit card debt. And then it occurred to me at the end of the summer, you know, I had a little bit of a checklist in my brain of what can I do to do the PCT and I realized I could do it this, the next year, 2019. So, uh, once I realized I could do it, there was really no choice. I had to do it.
0: So you spent basically all winter prepping for this hike.
1: Yeah, very much. I, I, the PCT was really my first true backpacking trip. Yeah. I don't know if that's <laughs> optimal, but that's how I did it because here in Central Oregon, it's so cold, you don't really want to hike in the winter. And I was getting my gear ready. I wanted to get the most optical, optimal light gear, finding what uh, would work for me, and watching lots of YouTube videos, reading, and getting ready.
0: Well, that's awesome. So what was your start date? I remember
1: uh, getting in, getting the permit. My first permit was for March 8th which was much earlier than I would want, but would work in a normal year if it's dry. But that winter was not dry. That was a hard winter. But fortunately, I was able to um, get on, and I kind of climbed the ladder back. And eventually, I was able to get an April twenty-sixth starting date, which worked a lot better.
0: That's perfect. So did you start off slow then, since it sounds like this was one of your first backpacking trips? Your mileage was pretty low at the beginning?
1: Yes. Um, me and a lot of people who had started at that time wanted to go slow anyway to let the Sierra melt, because that was a really high snow year. We were all very nervous about, about getting through the Sierra. And... It's a good idea anyway, if you're on the p c t to start off slow the people who go fast it, it it they often quite often wreck themselves. I've seen a lot of people who didn't finish trail had to get off in towns with injuries,
0: yeah, tell me a little bit about your i guess emotional journey through these uh, how long did it take you like five months
1: it was uh yeah. One hundred and forty seven days a week shy of five months.
0: Wow. Okay. so you had five months out in the wilderness to kind of clear your head and get through what had just happened in your life.
1: Yeah, they say, you know, uh, one door shuts, one door opens. Uh, I was very sorry that my marriage came to an end, but it did allow me to to undertake that adventure.
0: Right, right. Totally. Yeah, it it did totally open that door. Otherwise, there was probably no way you would have been able to do that until, you know, possibly retirement or something like that. I see a lot of retired people hiking the PCT. Yeah. What was one of the most transformational experiences on the trail for you?
1: I think it was all transformational. I I tried not to, you know, some people have asked me, you know, how, how'd it change me? I don't know if it truly changed me. I, I think that was asking a lot of the trail to uh, putting the trail on a pedestal of figuring everything out. I I didn't, but it recharged me. It showed me what I was capable of. But certainly it was the hardest thing I ever did in my life was that that hike. It was a lot of work, it took a lot of grit
0: yeah definitely. it's It's not an easy journey for sure. I commend all the through hikers that do it. It's pretty, pretty awesome. What was one of the hardest things for you on trail?
1: I lost a lot of weight on trail, and I didn't mean to. I mean, the first 10 pounds was fine. I didn't mind that, but I, I just kept losing weights, minor injuries and stuff. For the most part, I was pretty healthy through Iker. I've seen a lot of people who are taking a lot of ibuprofen and stuff like that. I I got through relatively unscathed. You know, I lost a couple toenails and more weight than I wanted to. Just, I, I was actually really surprised how well I did with a lack of sleep at times too. Sometimes you go to bed at night or go to tent at night and you're too energized to by what you're doing and your your next day's plans, that it's hard to sleep sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the endorphins, and it's also sometimes just not very comfortable.
1: <laughs> I was kind of glad. One of my fears going into it was how my uh, back, my lower back, and my hip. I was kind of wondering, what's that going to do to me if I'm sleeping on the ground for five months? You know, I might have a really super stiff back and barely going to be able to tie my shoes. Fortunately, you know, I did it. It was fine. It was actually good for my back to sleep on the hard ground and carry a a backpack all day. It seemed to strengthen it. But certainly, you know, that was one of the things I had to find out for myself.
0: That's interesting that it almost helped your back. (laughs) Well, I think uh, the, the walking too, you know, we have such a sedentary lifestyle that uh, I think a lot of our ailments come from that, you know, and the the walking is actually what we're meant to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Walking all day. And, and sometimes that's what gets me sometimes on a smaller hike is if I'm, my posture is bad. If I'm sitting on a stump or laying down in an odd manner, that's what kind of gets me. But certainly uh, watching other hikers a lot of them some of them would have foot problems cuz they'd go from a sedentary job to trail and they're yeah they get their feet used to what they're doing
0: yeah yeah and and that the only way to train your feet is to hike there's really no other I mean you can go to the gym and train all the rest of your body but your feet you have to train by actually just hitting the trail
1: and you have to be Probably knowledgeable that your feet are going to hurt no matter what. I mean, they're not injured, but they're beat up. I I was probably hobbling in the morning like a zombie two months after my hike. You know, I, I tried massaging them in the morning and when I went to bed, but there's that's not a reasonable amount of walking.
0: This podcast is sponsored by CS Instant Coffee, the best instant coffee on the trail. I am a huge coffee snob and I've tried countless brands of instant coffees on the trail over the years. In 2019, I discovered CS Instant Coffee and my friends can attest that I have been absolutely obsessed ever since. I take the awesome compostable CS coffee packets with me whenever I go car camping and backpacking and they even come with me when I go snowshoeing in the winter as a nice warm drink to enjoy at lunchtime. If you haven't tried this incredible coffee yet, let CS Instant Coffee fuel your next adventure. Walk, hike, run, or bike over to the nearest place you have internet and go to www.csinstant.coffee. That's www.csinstant.coffee. I was going to ask you, since hiking the PCT, has that kind of awakened something in you to make you go hiking more often now just like day hikes or short backpacking trips?
1: Yes, very much. Um certainly it, it's also become much more accessible with um uh, YouTube and all trails and stuff like that. I, it's so much easier to find the trails and information. It was a little hard, to, you know, I hiked that trail in 2019 and then the year after that was 2020. My work got really busy with uh, FedEx. I only had like one backpack trip 2020. I think the trail helped me. I was energized and positive for a while, but eventually I've had to get out of that. I'm in a newer job where uh, it's not so crazy. I I have my weekends to have my adventures. Uh, I can probably take more time off of work as opposed to that last job where it was became very difficult.
0: Okay. So, it, yeah, it it awakened that wanderlust for you. Yes. Did you have, I know you said the PCT kind of uh, made you more positive when you came home, but did you experience any post-trail depression?
1: Yes, I did. Um, initially, I was really happy with myself. I, I'd gotten through the whole trail, and it kind of felt like a dream. Like, there's no way I walked from Mexico to Canada, but I did. It felt like some sort of vivid dream that I I, I couldn't have actually did it, but I did it. I was very happy and positive, but yeah, over after that, there was some trail depression, and, and I had some things going on in my life, which would cause depression anyway. But yeah, I was aware it would probably happen. It did but I got through it.
0: I feel like a lot of through hikers don't talk about that and people kind of romanticize the whole through hiking experience, but then don't talk about what it's like to go back to real life. Cause you know, most people can't just be a professional through hiker, (laughs) you know, unlike Darwin on the trail who you probably watched on YouTube. Most of us can't be professional through hikers. So there's always that, you know, post-adventure blues, I like to call it. And for me, depending on how long the adventure was, depicts basically how long the blues are going to last. So I imagine after a five-month stretch of being out there and living such a different day-to-day life, and then coming back to real life, it, it must be incredibly hard.
1: It was a big adjustment. Although I was out there so long, and one thing people don't discuss is like at the end of the trail, um you know, in September the days are getting shorter and it's getting colder, colder and wetter. Washington was hard in that regard. It was kind of nice though just to get back to the r- real world and eat food and you know, drive around anywhere I want to go and I did learn to appreciate some of those things, some of the simple things, being able to go to the bathroom in the morning and in in an actual bathroom at the toilet. I didn't realize how much I missed that, not having to dig a hole and squat.
0: Yeah. Make sure you have enough toilet paper for your next stretch of trail.
1: (laughs) I wash my hands, just real first world stuff.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What is something that you miss about the trail? like that you still think about, you know, on like a weekly basis. You're like, oh man, I really miss that.
1: (laughs) The earliness on trail the first time I was really happy with myself that I, I made the plunge to, to, to undertake that. The feeling of freedom on the trail is immense and wonderful. I think that being one of my first backpacking trips in some ways, it was good because you're on a really indefinite adventure. The The end is nowhere in sight when you're on trail in the desert in April. It was just a lot of fun. It was an endless five months vacation that was really physically hard.
0: Wow. What was uh, your favorite section?
1: For me, the desert was really nice. It's unique. Um, not all of it is Roadrunner, Wily Coyote country, you know, desert. Some of it's kind of like Central Oregon, but a lot of it's really super unique. Just the the cactuses and the, the wildlife. I saw millions of rattlesnakes. I lost count of those. I, I talked to other hikers and some of them are I'm I'm amazed they don't see as many. I, I, I had three rattlesnake encounters my first day on trail.
0: Yeah, the, that's scary.
1: <laughs> yeah, you just um, just keep going. Make sure you don't walk straight into one. But yeah, their rattles, the rattles are really loud. It sounded like a sprinkler system going off.
0: What other kind of wildlife did you see? I saw four bears,
1: a cub near the town of Big Bear. And I saw two adolescent bears in the Sierra. There were... F- They weren't full-grown, but they are pretty big. They put on a nice show. They were tearing up a tree, getting at the grubs. We we all pulled out our phones and took videos. We were, they put on a good show for us. And I saw one black bear, one of my last days in Washington, way off in the distance.
0: Yeah, bears in the Sierra, they're, uh, every time I saw a bear in the Sierra, they're like this golden honey color. I thought that was really interesting, whereas the, the bears here in Oregon are definitely more brown, black type color. So how has your hiking journey changed from the beginning, you would say?
1: Well, I feel <laughs> I have to like stop myself sometimes bragging about the PCT when I'm going on a hiking trip or with others, you know, and like make sure I'm not bragging too much. I feel like I almost have like a, a doctorate in, in backpacking now.
0: I mean, when you've hiked that many miles, you know, in such a short amount of time, I, I would say you could brag. <laughs> so everything else that you've done since then has kind of been easy to you, basically, right? Or seemed like it?
1: Certainly. Yeah. Although, I, you know, when you're on these little, littler trips, though, you push a little harder for time. Like doing the timberline, you're, I, I had so many days off of work. and wanted to get it done in a reasonable amount of time.
0: That's interesting. So for me, if I'm going on like a longer distance, I, that's where I try to push the mileage. But when I'm going on like shorter hikes, like weekend trips, that's when I'm like totally relaxing. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to hike like 10 miles to this lake and I'm going to relax the rest of the day. (laughs) Whereas on you know, if I'm hiking, like, a 100-mile section, I'm, like, putting in 20, 23-mile days. So that's interesting that yours is kind of reversed.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's a lot more relaxed. I mean, with the uh, Gut Hook app, or Far Out app now, it was so much easier on, like, the PCT. You, you could, um, you know exactly where to camp. And if that camp was full, you know, like, 1.1 mile, there'd be another campsite and Sometimes these other smaller camp, other hikes, you know, you you have to compete with other hikers because you don't know exactly where the the campsites are and how many people are going to be in it.
0: That's true. That's very true. Especially the Timberline Trail. There's a lot of people on that trail, so you you never know <laughs> if you're going to get there, and there's it's just going to be full.
1: I seem to have that problem a lot. Of, a lot of times, I've I uh, look for a campsite at the end of the day, and for some reason. I see all sorts of them when I start off my hike, and then late in the day when I actually need it no they're 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 not can't be found, or somebody else just found it.
0: I feel like a lot of people um break their day much earlier, and especially you being a through hiker, you're kind of used to like you know ending your day at like seven p m or later. Whereas I think weekend hikers are more like, oh, I'm going to make camp at like no later than five, you know? So by the time you get to camp, they're already taken.
1: And I don't like to make camp super early because I sometimes I just physically get bored.
0: Right. Especially if you're going by yourself, for sure. Yeah, I found that with a lot of the through hikers that I met, they would, um, you know, hike basically until almost dark and then set up camp real quick and eat and then sleep for a little bit and then get up at like five.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how to sleep in when I'm hiking. It just doesn't seem to happen.
0: Well, yeah, it's, I think it's more difficult just because the sun comes up. I mean, in the summer, the sun is up at like, you know, quarter after five and you're like, okay, guess it's time to get up. <laughs> Are hiking, and you want to because it's so hot. You kind of want to get the bulk of your miles in before, you know, 2 p.m. That's probably the best way to do it. (laughs) So what are some lessons that you've learned through being in the outdoors and hiking and backpacking?
1: I would say self-reliance. You know, there's a lot of that on the trail. I had two trail families, one from the desert and one for the Sierra. But uh, I reached the halfway point, I went off on my own, which is a good way to do the trail. If you can mix it up where you're with people, and then when you're not with people, I think that's the best way to do the thru-hike. See, at one hand, you know, you're still enjoying people and socializing, but then later on, you you do have a chance to make your own rules. and get things done for yourself and make your own decisions there's a lot of self-reliance on trail making plans and just getting it done and and perseverance um, it's hard it was a lot of work uh, really wears a person out
0: what was one of the biggest challenges for you on trail like could be like mentally or physically besides I guess the the weight loss were there any like situations that you got into that were scary or anything like that?
1: Washington was really hard. Um, California and Oregon, you know, when it rains, it's probably going to stop by the next day and you can try out. Washington, it might not stop raining. It might rain for a week or two. And you know, sometimes I was in a mentally in a situation I wanted to walk 25, 30 miles. But instead, I did like 13 because I was kind of trapped in my tent because it was raining out and you just can't allow yourself to get and wet and cold.
0: Wow. Yeah, because even with rain gear, you're going to soak through eventually.
1: And um, the Sierras were a struggle. Um, uh, it was a high snow year. Fortunately, we got into it later. So the snow wasn't as deep, but it was everywhere. So there were snow traverses
0: oh gosh so how did you you were with your trail family at that point during the hike
1: yeah I had a trail family in the desert and then I had a trail family uh, for the Sierra
0: okay good good that's good for safety too
1: (laughs) yeah definitely by this by the Sierra people were really uh, teaming up Mm a lot of people asking what are you doing what are you doing a lot of people really nervous to take the step of going into the Sierra, but it was a challenge. It's scary because you don't know what you're getting into sometimes with that. But it was really rewarding. It was beautiful hike.
0: Did you have any scary river crossings as well?
1: We had some tough ones, yeah. I feel like I'm I'm kind of a pro at those now. Yeah, you just um, got a note, hit them early, really uh, use a proper technique. And um, sometimes, like with the Far Out app, you would also do the research on the spot. You can find out that sometimes if you go upstream, there are safer spots to cross. But, uh, yeah, I crossed, crossed a million streams. None, there. maybe three of them were relatively scary.
0: So what is currently one of your favorite things about being in the outdoors or hiking and backpacking?
1: doing more and more trails, knocking more trails off my list. I did the Rogue River Trail and Timberline, McKenzie River Trail, Eagle Creek. I'm going to do the Wallawas next month, then knock off. uh, I'd like to do the Sawtooths. That'd be really nice. And the Trinity Alps, that's on the list. Um, And uh, living so close to the PCT, one of my favorite things now is uh, getting out and doing trail magic and providing rides. Uh, I'm a part of the uh Central Oregon um trail angel uh page on Facebook.
0: Yeah, and living in La Pine, I feel like you're you're kind of centrally located as far as like you could pick up people in Shelter Cove or pick up people on the Cascade Lakes Highway there by Elk Lake.
1: Yeah, Shelter Cove, uh the one thirty eight um is a good spot. I I was uh, taking a lot of hikers there last year because there was two fire closures and they needed a lot of help there. The 138 water cache this year, I did a trail magic there and a lot of of the hikers ended up camping in that spot. It's really flat and, and a really handy spot. And it was out of the mosquitoes, which was really good for the hikers.
0: Well, I want to end off the episode with, um, something that you want to share with the listeners. It could be anything like an inspirational quote or something that has helped you, uh, or a specific place people should visit or just a tip.
1: I would say if you really wanted to do the PCT, it's, it's doable, you know, um, I'm really glad I did it. It was, you know, one big adventure in my life. I'm, there was pressure from people to maybe put it off a year. I'm really glad I didn't because I hiked it in 2019, and 2020 would have been a huge mess. So I think sometimes when an opportunity like this presented itself, you know, for me, it was no decision at all to do it. It was available. The hikers on trail, I think it in some ways it's easier. I mean, other than it's 2,653 miles and it's five months. but there is a community out here of people that continue to help each other, and it's it's doable. Although, also, you know, doing section hikes would be completely worthwhile. I've met a lot of hikers who are just doing Oregon, and that seemed really awesome and really completely worthwhile. And other hikers who don't have enough time to do the entire trail, but make the best of it. And, I think that'd be completely worthwhile.
0: Did the trail um, and all of the, you know, trail magic and the people helping each other out, did that kind of like restore your faith in in humanity?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. And um, meeting the hikers every year, it's very much so. It's it's very unique community.
0: Agreed, and you meet people from all over the world, which is so beautiful. Yeah, people come from all over <laughs> Australia. <laughs>
1: yeah, there was quite a few Australians, um, New Zealand, Denmark had a lot, Czech, uh, Czechoslovakia, Israel. Yeah, all over the place.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed hearing your hearing about your journey.
1: Uh, It's great to talk about it.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, if you have an inspirational story about how the outdoors positively impacted your life, please send a short synopsis to hikeoregon at hikeoregon.net and put in the subject line podcast guest. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and happy trails.